Hello, it's Hump Day Somewhere, and I'm Mike Gutierrez, the editor at Hump Day News, your source for good junk in art, politics, sports, and culture. Welcome to Editor's Picks at HumpCast, the podcast at Hump Day News. In these episodes, I pick a few of my favorite articles and posts from the site, read them aloud to wake you up or put you to sleep. Before we get down to it, a quick reminder that if you want things in your inbox, we'll put things in your inbox with the Hump Day News newsletter. It's a regular wrap-up of coverage past and content to come, with links, tips, taters, and tots served up fresh, nice, and hot. And if you're subscribed to the newsletter but not signed up for The Backyard, shame on you. The Backyard is a members-only area at Hump Day News where you'll find all that's best and bizarre at HDN. We've got Mappily Power Rankings, letters from the editor, our in-cell advice column, and more. Sign up at the Hump Day News to log in and enjoy. In today's episode of Editor's Pick, we'll take a look at the long-shot campaign of political outsider, special education teacher, and boxer Donnie Palmer, the big win after a 19-day strike by the Philadelphia Museum of Art Union, and finally, we'll look at an afternoon at the Midway Cafe with hardcore punk legends, Moving Targets. All right, our first article is Donnie Palmer giving it his all, and we've invited Sarah Prusik in here. She's our fashion correspondent at Hump Day News uh, to give her insight uh, maybe into uh, this politician, this boxer, this special education teacher who's running for Congress. Sarah, what do you think about Donnie Palmer's chances? Well, if he's running against Ayanna Presley, I don't think he has good chances. However, Donnie's tend to do well in Boston. You have Donnie Wahlberg as well. Um, and additionally, he doesn't refer to himself as a politician, does he? No, no. He's uh, expressly running on the platform of not being a politician. So that's Donnie Palmer giving it his all. I'm not thinking about winning or losing, just going in there and giving it my all. These are the words of 26-year-old Specialist Donnie Palmer in 2010. He was in the Army stationed in Fort Carson, Colorado, serving as a carpentry and masonry specialist. He was also a member of the military's world-class athlete program, chasing his amateur dream of becoming an Olympic boxer. Donnie Palmer has always dreamed big. Bay State political junkies may have heard the name before, but the average resident will need a first-time introduction to the long-shot Republican challenger, trying to unseat Democratic incumbent Ayanna Presley in the race for U.S. House District 7. Donnie Palmer is a 38-year-old Bostonian, a single dad, and special needs educator. His professional life has been deeply influenced by his boxing experience, both in the ring and on the campaign trail. Though his athletic training in the military never led to the Olympics, he is a regular on the local fighting circuit, along with the occasional bout in Europe. His campaign tries to weave together these two threads into an image of the candidate as a gritty competitor who cares about and will fight for his community. Palmer is no professional politician, though it's not for lack of trying. His unsuccessful ventures into politics originate with a 2015 Boston City Council run to take on Frank Baker in District 3. The political novice enjoyed his career-best result with 14.5% of the vote. Though a decisive knockout, it whet Palmer's appetite for more. Palmer returned to the fray a few years later with another Boston City Council run in 2021. He didn't make it past a primary, earning only 2.5% of the vote. 
Failure to make a dent in city politics, however, did not deter Donnie Palmer from setting his sights on loftier goals. A year after the doomed Boston City Council run, he is back in the thick of things as the GOP-endorsed congressional candidate for U.S. House District 7. As with his Olympic ambitions, Donnie Palmer has always dreamed big. It's the toughest political battle he's ever faced. Though Ayanna Presley is no longtime fixture, having served only since 2019, she remains the unopposed Democratic-endorsed candidate in a district that leans Democratic by a landslide margin. Further, despite Palmer's GOP endorsement, the party is not providing the financial support necessary to promote his campaign. According to the Office of Campaign and Political Finance, Palmer's campaign coffers have sat at zero for all of 2022. To call his campaigns no frills is generous. But political campaigns run on ideas, not just dollars. Donnie Palmer aims to present himself as the committed ideological contrarian to what he calls the corporate liberal interests of his opponent. The actual substance of his contrarian takes, however, can be difficult to discern. Whereas his opponent's political uh, stances are comparatively easier, easier to track through her advocacy work, public statements, and legislative record, Palmer is a cipher in the mode of always-online, Trump-era conservative trollery. His preferred method of communication is sloganeering on Twitter, where the conspiracy theories, slander, and Trump adulation flow freely, and the flag emoji to word ratio of his posts are alarmingly high. Palmer, Palmer's campaign appearances are rare. He recently gave a short speech in Revere, which lies outside his district. He has guested on conservative t- radio talk shows. He can occasionally be found at Republican rallies, but the regular schedule of endorsement-seeking coalition-building appearances familiar to a typical political campaign has not been a feature of Palmer's, Palmer's run. Palmer's most high-profile campaign event so far was a misfired attempt to go viral. The stunt criticized by members of his own party, involved a staged fight at the outskirts of a panel discussion in Somerville. The panel discussion was attended by Presley and members of the so-called squad, frequent frequent targets of Palmer's online ire. Rather than trying to engage his opponent in public debate, Palmer's apparent intent was to film a forced confrontation between any individual with a tenuous connection to Presley and individual Sean Nelson. Nelson has fast developed a local reputation as a human hand grenade available for the tossing at all sorts of events. In June, Nelson was arrested for disturbing the peace at a neighborhood coffee hour attended by Mayor Wu. In September, Nelson was arrested for allegedly striking a woman at a Boston City Council meeting. Given the track record, most observers discredit Donnie Palmer's account of the incident, which framed it as a violent, racist, anti-gay suppression of Nelson's free speech at the behest of Mayor Wu and Ayanna Presley. The incident is under police investigation. Humpday News reached out to Donnie Palmer via Twitter uh, with a selection of candidate questions. We received no response. But we can redirect the reader to a short Boston.com candidate profile he participated in for his 2021 Boston City Council run. With relatively little information to piece together Palmer's political profile, apart from incendiary tweets and the Somerville stunt, voters may have difficulty projecting the challenger as a viable alternative to Presley come November 8th. But Palmer is not giving up the fight. In fact, he is a professional boxing match against heavyweight Don Hainsworth, scheduled just a week before the election. 
With luck, Palmer will be in decent enough fighting shape to lick at least one of his opponents. Our second article is PMA Union Wins Contract. That's PMA, Philadelphia Museum of Art. Sarah, what do you think of this momentous win? I think this is a good one. I like this one. I think um, museum workers are often overlooked when it comes to uh, things like fair pay, good treatment in the workplace. Uh, We often talk about other types of workers for this, so good for them. And that's PMA Union Wins Contract. The workers at the Philadelphia Museum of Art won their contract. After two years of fruitless negotiation, a 19-day strike, and a systematic heel-dragging from the upper echelons of the organization, the PMA Union and museum leadership reached a tentative agreement on Friday, 14th October. An exultant membership ratified the tentative agreement two days later on Sunday. Rewind the clock back two years to August 6, 2020, The museum workers had just voted by 181 to a 222 margin to form their first union, affiliating with Local 397, part of AFSCME District Council 47. The next step was obvious. Negotiate a contract for fair compensation in a better workplace. There is no standard length for negotiations, but a recent comparable scenario at the Museum of Fine Arts stretched out for 18 months. The workers in Philadelphia hoped for a speedier conclusion. Little did they know that two years later, they still would not have a serious negotiating partner in museum leadership. The Philly Inquirer reported that the delay was a feature of, not a flaw in, the museum's response to the union. Quote, part of the reason for sluggish negotiations, said one source who was not authorized to comment on the negotiations and asked not to be identified, is that museum leadership was, quote, under the impression that the employees would not strike, and if they did... They couldn't hold the strike, end quote. In other words, workers would drop out of and cross the line, said the source they were sorely mistaken, end quote. The PMA union indicated that it was done waiting on August 30th, 2022, when 99% of its membership voted to authorize a one-day warning strike. After the one-day strike on September 16th failed to stimulate contract talks, the PMA union launched an indefinite strike at the end of September. The museum tried to weather the strike in the short term with scab labor, hiring non-union workers to to prepare for the high-profile Matisse exhibit premiering at the end of October. After 19 days of striking with no signs of let-up and signals of support coming from all quarters, including museum patrons, industry peers, fellow union workers, politicians, and Scabby the Rat, the museum's new director, Sasha Suda, looked to make a deal. Per the PMA union, the strike aimed to achieve five goals, and the union won all five. These were, one, higher raises, two, first raise retroactive to July 1st, three, higher minimum uh, hourly salaries, uh, rather, hourly wages and yearly salaries, four, longevity pay to recognize length of service to the museum, five, cheaper health care. It's a big win for the workers at the Philadelphia Museum of Art. It's also a milestone for progress in an industry where the high-minded mission of the public museum does not always translate to an equitable treatment for the workers who make it all possible. In the words of the president of the union's Local 397 via the New York Times, quote, this will have a huge impact on the workers at the museum, and I think it will also 
potentially have ripple effects outward to other cultural institutions, so said Adam Rizzo, end quote. Our third and final article is called Targets Acquired. Moving Targets is a hardcore band that formed in the 80s. They performed an afternoon show at the Midway Cafe the other day. Now, Sarah, tell me, what do you think about hardcore punk? What do you think about older punks? I'm pro-punk. I like punk music. I don't know much about hardcore punk. Uh, But you're definitely never too old to be a punk rocker, I think. I once saw Iggy Pop uh, play in the early aughts, and uh, he rocked it out like he was 20 years old. Never too old to smash your head on the punk rock. That's Targets Acquired, coming up next. Seminal local 80s punk band Moving Targets closed out a hard-rocking four-band afternoon bill on Sunday, 16th of October, at Midway Cafe. Outside, the day was bright, the air fresh, and the Jamaica Plain neighborhood full of the usual soundtrack of dirt bike gangs popping wheelies past everyone's front door. But the hardcore horde could hardly hear such havoc above the indoor din of four-chord chaos. Already Dead, Bad Idea USA, and Shiny Beasts opened. Bad Idea USA are regular giggers around town. If you hit this summer's edition of Nice A Fest, you might have heard them perform on day three. The pop-punk trio crafts up-tempo quick burners that sprint through their musical conceits faster than a cheetah on speed. You likely heard one or more tracks off their latest cassette, Stay Nervous. Lowell's Already Dead chatted out their own record release, the full-length My Collar is Blue. The trio treated to the crowd to tracks off the new album, along with unreleased material. The band dials up a wide spectrum of sounds beneath the general umbrella of punk vibrations. You have the straight-ahead, chord-chugging punk progressions wrapped into three-minute ditties. You have the anthemic core sing-along crowd-pleasers. You have the two SoCal for school rap-rock number, complete with guest rap. And you have the bluesier, funkier tracks that are more hardcore, uh, hard rock than hardcore. All that and more tied up with a bow neat and tidy in under an hour. More than a few hardcore OGs turned up for moving targets from the look of the crowd. The North Shore band formed in 1981 and were local punk scene regulars during the 80s. Moving Target's visit to Midway Cafe on Sunday finds the band enjoying a second wind after some significant time off. The band got back on the road in 2018 for a European tour and back in the studio studio in 2019 and 2020 to produce Wires and Humbucker, respectively. The Jamaica Plane gig is the fourth date in a current U.S. tour that has them playing almost every day through the middle of November. Hard to imagine that Moving Target's human pogo stick of a bassist will be able to sustain that same energy for that long, but getting in an early afternoon gig instead of a late night slot can't hurt. This has been an episode of Editor's Picks on Humpcast at Hump Day News. Thanks for joining. Visit us at the site at humpday.news for good junk in art, politics, sports, and culture. Follow us on our socials, subscribe to the newsletter, sign up for the backyard, and for the love of God, remember, every day is hump day.